Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Hello, everyone. This is Father Andrew Rockers again with the third installment of this podcast on the idea of being prepared for what's happening in our world and in the church and what might be coming next. Uh, Before getting started uh, with this one, just want to again encourage anybody, particularly if you've been slightly disturbed or anxious or worried about any of the things that I've said so far, just to stop, hit pause, and just say a prayer. Just say, Jesus, I trust in you. Come Holy Spirit. Uh, Say a Hail Mary. Um, Because in this podcast, I will also be saying some things that that could stir up some of uh, some fears or some anxiety, uh, some difficult things that I think need to be said. But again, just to reiterate that we are called to not be afraid, but to trust in God's mercy and in God's love, uh, even when that means we might have to confront or face difficult things in the future. This podcast will be a little bit different because uh, for the most part, I will be reading to you some various prophecies from the 20th century and then offering just a few comments kind of interspersed throughout. Um, Some of these are from Marian apparitions. One is from John Paul II. Uh, Others are from some respected and uh, trustworthy Catholic um, theologians Uh, but also those who had the gift of prophecy. So I'm just going to try to let you know when I'm reading something and then just offer a few comments. First, I want to start again with Our Lady of Fatima uh, and reread to you one of her messages um, that I quoted in the first podcast. And this is from July 13th, 1917. And Mary said, quote, This war will end, but if men do not refrain from offending God, another and more terrible war will begin during the pontificate of Pius XI. When you see a night that is lit by a strange and unknown light, you will know it is the sign God gives you that he is about to punish the world with war and with hunger, and by the persecution of the Church and the Holy Father. To prevent this, I shall come to the world to ask that Russia be consecrated to my Immaculate Heart. And I shall ask that on the first Saturday of every month, communions of reparation be made in atonement for the sins of the world. If my wishes are fulfilled, Russia will be converted, and there will be peace. If not, then Russia will spread her heirs throughout the world, bringing new wars and persecution of the Church. The good will be martyred, and the Holy Father will have much to suffer. Certain nations will be annihilated. But in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, and she will be converted, and the world will enjoy a period of peace. In Portugal, the faith will always be preserved. So that's one of the messages of Our Lady of Fatima. And the question is Are we offending God less now than in 1917? Or have things gotten exponentially worse since then? Russia has not been consecrated to Mary's Immaculate Heart in the explicit way that she asked, and the errors of communism have been spread all over the world and are gaining influence rapidly. And again, I spoke more about that in the first podcast, if you didn't get a chance to to listen to that. But I think to anybody, uh, 
with any sense of Christian morality, things are far worse today than they were in 1917. And in 1917, Mary said that if men do not stop offending God, another and more terrible war uh, will begin. But men today are offending God, I would argue, more than at any point in all of human history. Um, And what Mary reveals to us is that God does, in fact, punish wickedness. And I spoke about that in the first podcast as well. And God, uh, one of the ways God brings about justice is by uh, kind of lifting his restraining hand and allowing us to experience the consequences of our own actions, the consequences of sin. So war is brought about by human sin, by pride, by envy, by greed, by hatred. Um, And in the 20th century, we've seen just constant wars, but the sin has just continued uh, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And when you look out into the world today, uh, there are some worrisome signs that there could be more war in the future, whether that's from China or from Russia, from Turkey and North Korea. Um, Peace is a very precarious thing in the world today. Um, And as we offend God through sin, uh, that is inevitably going to lead to war uh, because that's what sin does. But again, Do not be afraid. Do not give up hope. Mary promised that her immaculate heart would triumph and there will be peace. Um, But first, the world and the church are in a great need of being disciplined and purified uh, so that we stop offending God through sin. Uh, And it's not going to be pretty and it's not going to be easy. Uh, And we know that the resurrection only comes after the passion. And so Mary's uh, warnings at Fatima are more relevant today than they were in 1917. And what she asks to bring about peace is that we would pray the rosary daily. Uh, She mentions the first Saturday Marian devotions, which is on the first Saturday of the month, uh, receiving communion, going to confession, praying the rosary, and spending 15 minutes in meditation upon the mysteries of the rosary and that that would be done in reparation, in atonement for the sins of the world. And then finally, that we would pray that the Holy Father would finally consecrate Russia to Mary's Immaculate Heart, and there will be peace. But she says if her wishes are not fulfilled, Russia will spread her errors, bringing new wars and persecution of the church. Um, And that's what we're seeing unfold in the world today. Next, I want to skip ahead to 1917, uh, excuse me, 1973. There's an approved Marian apparition called Our Lady of Akita in Japan, and it happened in 1973. Um, And on October 13th, which is the anniversary of the miracle of the sun of Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Akita gave this message to uh, the visionary. My dear daughter, listen well, quote, My dear daughter, listen well to what I have to say to you. You will inform your superior. As I told you, if men do not repent and better themselves, the Father will inflict a terrible punishment on all humanity. It will be a punishment greater than the deluge, the flood, such as one will never seen before. 
Fire will fall from the sky and will wipe out a great part of humanity, the good as well as the bad, sparing neither priests nor faithful. The survivors will find themselves so desolate that they will envy the dead. The only arms which will remain for you will be the rosary and the sign left by my son. Each day recite the prayers of the rosary. With the rosary, pray for the pope, the bishops, and priests. The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops against bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confreres, churches and altars sacked. The church will be full of those who accept compromises, and the demon will press many priests and consecrated souls to leave the service of the Lord. The demon will be especially implacable against souls consecrated to God. The thought of the loss of so many souls is the cause of my sadness. If sins increase in number and gravity, there will no longer be pardon for them. Pray very much the prayers of the rosary. I alone am able still to save you from the calamities which approach. Those who place their confidence in me will be saved. End quote. This is a very sobering uh, message from Our Lady of Akita. Uh, but again, we're called uh, to hope uh, not in this life, and that even if we have to suffer in this life, uh, our true home, our true hope is in heaven. She again reiterates the importance of praying the rosary, of putting our hope uh, in Jesus, in the sign left by her son, the sign of the cross, uh, but also in Mary as our mother, as the one to whom God has entrusted us as our refuge, as our place of safe heaven, that in the heart of Mary uh, we will be protected, uh, we will be um, brought to our true home, that even if we have to suffer in this life, uh, Mary will see us to the next. Um, but we're seeing this fulfilled today in the church, cardinal against cardinal, bishop against bishop. There's great division in the church. There's compromise in the church with the spirit of the of the world, which we'll hear a little bit more about, uh, priests and religious losing their vocations. Um, and so the messages of Our Lady of Akita, uh, Akita are, are very relevant uh, to what's happening today in the church. And so we need to pay attention to them we need to pray the rosary uh, to bring about peace and to mitigate, to lessen uh, the calamities that might be coming. Next is a prophecy from 1975 by Dr. Ralph Martin. Uh, Dr. Ralph Martin is a, is a well-respected um, Catholic theologian. He's a professor of theology at Detroit Seminary. He's the founder of Renewal Ministries. Uh, he's been very involved uh, with the Catholic Charismatic Movement, um, but he's a very well-respected uh, man in the church and a, and a good theologian. And this is a prophecy that he received personally, a gift of prophecy is a valid charism of the Holy Spirit that has been exercised in the church for 2,000 years. Uh, and this was given to him in Rome in 1975. And this is the Lord speaking. Quote, because I love you, I want to show you what I am doing in the world today. I want to prepare you for what is to come. Days of darkness are coming on the world, days of tribulation. Buildings that are now standing will not be standing. Supports 
that are there for my people now will not be there. I want you to be prepared, my people, to know only me and to cleave to me and to have me in a way deeper than ever before. I will lead you into the desert. I will strip you of everything that you are depending upon now, so you depend just on me. A time of darkness is coming on the world, but a time of glory is coming for my church. A time of glory is coming for my people. I will pour out on you all the gifts of my spirit. I will prepare you for spiritual combat. I will prepare you for a time of evangelization that the world has never seen. And when you have nothing but me, you will have everything. Land, fields, homes, and brothers and sisters, and love and joy and peace more than ever before. Be ready, my people. I want to prepare you. End quote. So this prophecy from uh, Dr. Ralph Martin, even though it does speak of a time of darkness and difficulty that's coming upon the world, uh, it's actually a message of hope that we will be drawn ever closer to Jesus, that we will depend upon him and upon him alone. And sometimes we need to have the things that we've uh, become dependent upon taken away from us. We need to sometimes experience deprivation and a certain purification so that we can depend more upon the Lord and depend ultimately upon Him alone. Um, and he goes on to say that it's a time of glory coming for the church, pouring out of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, evangelization, uh, a time of love, of joy, and of peace. Uh, but first we have to let go of the things that we've become attached to, and we have to be willing to go through uh, a dark night, a time of darkness, a certain passion, so that we can experience a greater resurrection. Next is a prophecy from 1976, so we're going in chronological order, and this one was given uh, to Father Michael Scanlon, uh, who again was a very well-respected priest and theologian in the church. Uh, he was the president of Franciscan University of Steubenville, and he really transformed that university into what it is today, uh, which is one of the few uh, truly Catholic and Orthodox universities in the United States. Uh, so Father Michael Scanlon, again, is a very well-respected uh, priest and theologian. So this was given to him in 1976. Quote, Son of man, do you see that city going bankrupt? Are you willing to see all your cities going bankrupt? Are you willing to see the bankruptcy of the whole economic system you so rely on now so that all money is worthless and cannot support you? Son of man, do you see the crime and lawlessness in your city streets and towns and institutions? Are you willing to see no law, no order, no protection for you except that which I myself will give you? Son of man, do you see the country which you love and which you are now celebrating? a country's history that you look back on with nostalgia? Are you willing to see no country, no country to call your own except those I give you as my body? Will you let me bring you life in my body and only there? Son of man, do you see those churches which you can go to so easily now? Are you ready to see them with bars across their doors, with doors nailed shut? 
Are you ready to base your life only on me and not on any particular structure? Are you ready to depend only on me and not on all the institutions of schools and parishes that you are working so hard to foster? Son of man, I call you to be ready for that. That is what I am telling you about. The structures are falling and changing. It is not for you to know the details now, but do not rely on them as you have been. I want you to make a deeper commitment to one another. I want you to trust one another, to build an interdependence that is based on my spirit. It is an interdependence that is no luxury. It is an absolute necessity for those who will base their lives on me and not the structures from a pagan world. I have spoken and it will take place. My word will go forth to my people. They may hear and they may not, and I will respond accordingly. But this is my word. Look about you, son of man, when you see it all shut down, when you see everything removed which has been taken for granted, and when you are prepared to live without these things, then you will know what I am making ready. End quote. Again, uh, not an easy prophecy to hear, but one that in some ways has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled through uh, before our very eyes over these last six, seven months. But again, the, the core of the message is that we should depend upon Jesus and Jesus alone, that we should not depend upon the economy, that we should not depend upon the government, that we should not depend upon uh, physical access to churches, that we should not depend upon any of these human institutions, even those of the church, that we're called to depend upon Jesus and Jesus alone. And it seems like perhaps, in, as I said, in some ways this is being fulfilled. Uh, when you see it all shut down, when you see churches barred, when you see the things removed that we've, been, that we've taken for granted, uh, we're called to be prepared to rely upon Jesus and Jesus alone. Again, who is the good shepherd who will always provide for us, but first we must be purified uh, from our attachments. Next is another prophecy from 1976, and this one was given by Cardinal Carol Wojtyła, who many of you know became uh, Pope St. John Paul II. And so this was given uh, two years before he was elected to the papacy, um, but already at this time, obviously a very holy man, uh, and now a canonized saint. He said this in Philadelphia, here in the United States, at a Eucharistic Congress in 1976. Quote, we are now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has ever experienced. I do not think that the wide circle of the American society or the whole wide circle of the Christian community realize this fully. We are now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church, between the gospel and the anti-gospel, between Christ and the Antichrist. The confrontation lies within the plans of divine providence. It is, therefore, in God's plan, and it must be a trial which the church must take up and face courageously. End quote. As I've said before, I believe we're living in extraordinary times, times unlike any that 
have faced humanity before. Uh, and John Paul II himself, as a cardinal, um, in his own words, said that we're approaching, uh, facing the final confrontation, uh, perhaps approaching the beginning of that, that final confrontation, that final battle uh, between God and the devil, between good and evil, between Christ and the Antichrist, between the church and the anti-church. And again, it's all within the plans of divine providence. We know who's going to be victorious. We know that God's plan uh, will inevitably be fulfilled, that God will be victorious. But as members of the church, we're called to face this uh, courageously uh, and just to pay attention, to be ready. Another prophecy from 1980, this is also Father Michael Scanlon, uh, who gave one of them from 1976. But in 1980, uh, he prophesied, quote, The Lord God says, Hear my word. The time that has been marked by my blessings and gifts is being replaced now by the period to be marked by my judgment and purification. What I have not accomplished by blessings and gifts, I will accomplish by judgment and purification. My people, my church is desperately in need of this judgment. They have continued in an adulterous relationship with the spirit of the world. They are not only infected with sin, but they teach sin, embrace sin, dismiss sin. Their leadership has been unable to handle this. There is fragmentation, confusion throughout the ranks. Satan goes where he wills and infects whom he wills. He has free access throughout my people, and I will not stand for this. My people, specially blessed in this renewal, are more under the spirit of the world than they are under the spirit of my baptism. They are more determined by fear of what others will think of them, fears of failure and rejection in the world, loss of respect of neighbors and superiors and those around them, then they are determined by fear of me and fear of infidelity to my word. Therefore, your situation is very, very weak. Your power is so limited. You cannot be considered at this point in the center of the battle and the conflict that is going on. So this time has now come upon all of you, a time of judgment and of purification. Sin will be called sin. Satan will be unmasked. Fidelity will be held up for what it is and should be. My faithful servants will be seen and will come together. They will not be many in number. It will be a difficult and a necessary time. There will be collapse, difficulties throughout the world. But more to the issue, there will be purification and persecution among my people. You will have to stand for what you believe. You will have to choose between the world and me. You will have to choose what word you will follow and whom you will respect. And in that choice, what has not been accomplished by the time of blessing and gifts will be accomplished. What has not been accomplished in the baptism and the flooding of gifts of my spirit will be accomplished in a baptism of fire. The fire will move among you and it will burn out what is chaff. The fire will move among you individually, corporately, in groups, and around the world. I will not tolerate the situation that is going on. I will not tolerate the mixture and the adulterous treating of gifts and graces and blessings with infidelity, sin, and prostitution. My time is now among you. What you need to do is to come before me in total submission to my word, in total submission to my plan, in the total submission in this new hour. 
What you need to do is to drop the things that are your own, those things of the past. What you need to do is to see yourselves and those whom you have responsibility for in light of this hour of judgment and purification. You need to see them in that way and do for them what will be best what will best help them to stand strong and be among my faithful servants. For there will be casualties. It will not be easy, but it is necessary. It is necessary that my people be in fact my people, that my church be in fact my church, and that my spirit in fact bring forth the purity of life, the purity and fidelity to the gospel. End quote. Again, a, a difficult message to hear, one uh, speaking of, of purification, of pure, uh, persecution, of sin that's in the world, of compromise, uh, but also a challenge to us who believe that we have to choose. Uh, we have to choose between Jesus and the world. We have to choose who we will follow uh, because the Lord will not continue to tolerate uh, this situation of sin in the world and of the church. Uh, and again, the essential message is, is submission to the Lord, giving ourselves entirely over to Him and to His plan. Uh, and He will provide for us. He will bring us through uh, this difficult time. Uh, but only if we submit to Him, only if we accept His will, only if we're willing uh, to give up our life will we save it, as He says in the Gospel. And then the last prophecy uh, is from 1984. And this was given by Sister Lucia, who was the, the visionary uh, at Fatima, the oldest of the three children, the only one who lived into adulthood. Uh, Sister Lucia had uh, other uh, apparitions and other messages uh, throughout her life, uh, especially in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, uh, by Our Lady and also by Our Lord. Uh, but Sister Lucia, in 1984, wrote to Cardinal Caffara, uh, who was the man that John Paul II chose to start up uh, the new institute that John Paul II had created uh, for studies of marriage in the family, to promote the church's teaching of marriage in the family, uh, in particular uh, the theology of the body. But in 1984 or 1983, uh, Sister Lucia uh, wrote this to Cardinal Caffara, quote, Father, a time will come when the decisive battle between the kingdom of Christ and Satan will be over marriage and the family, and those who will work for the good of the family will experience persecution and tribulation. But do not be afraid, because Our Lady has already crushed his head." End quote. As I think we all know, the, the attack on marriage and the family has just exponentially increased uh, since 1984. Um, this is seemingly being fulfilled before our eyes. Uh, there's a, just been a, a great attack upon the institution of marriage and the family. So that's kind of the wrapping up the conclusion of, of those various prophecies. And I just want to say that, you know, I, I don't know what's coming. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I think there's significant indication uh, from these various prophecies, from many other kind of private revelations that have been given uh, that I haven't referenced, from the state of our society, the state of the church, 
but I think some dark and difficult days are ahead of us. Um, and what I'm suggesting is just that we pay attention, that we be aware, that we be vigilant, that we prepare our hearts uh, spiritually, that we prepare physically uh, in a prudent way. Um, at the same time, though, we don't put our trust uh, in the economy, in money, uh, in physical resources, or in the government, or in politics. Uh, only God can sustain us and provide. Uh, we don't put our trust in material resources or what we're able to to scrounge together or prepare. We do what's reasonable, we be prudent, we respond to the Lord in faith, uh, but we surrender uh, the rest to the Lord. Uh, I encourage everybody to keep your eye on Jesus and Mary, to, to don't let yourself be distracted, don't give in to fear, consecrate yourself to the Sacred Heart, to the Immaculate Heart, uh, and let nothing take priority over Jesus. He is our only Savior. Right? Do not let yourself be led astray. So I want to conclude by actually reading uh, a, a few paragraphs from Matthew 24. This is one of the clearest teachings that Jesus gives us on what the signs of the end times are. Uh, and he told us this 2,000 years ago so that we would uh, be alert and be prepared. Um, and so I'll say a few more words at the end of this. So I'm not going to read the entire chapter. I'm just going to pick out a, a few verses. But I would encourage you to go read all of Matthew chapter 24. So beginning with verse 3 and then just kind of skipping around a little bit. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to Jesus privately, saying, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign of your coming, and of the close of the age? And Jesus answered them, Take heed that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All this is but the beginning of the sufferings. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because wickedness is multiplied, most men's love will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Then if anyone says to you, Behold, here is Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, Behold, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, Behold, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they did not know until the flood came and swept them all the way, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Watch therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Therefore you also must be ready, 
for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. End quote. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches that we are already living in the end times because the end times began uh, when Christ ascended into heaven and when the Holy Spirit descended upon the church. The church from the beginning has been living in the end times and we don't know how long that's going to last. But the Lord calls us to be ready, to be prepared Lots of saints in the past uh, thought they were living in the end times, uh, and they turned out, uh, using air quotes here, uh, to be wrong. But in a sense, they weren't wrong, because Jesus tells us that all of us are called to live as if we were living in the end times, because we're called to be ready, to be prepared, to be vigilant, to be alert, to be watching, to be waiting we're called to be ready, and Jesus gives us some of the signs of the times, uh, nations rising against nation, wars, earthquakes, persecutions, uh, false prophets, um, and he tells us we do not know the day nor the hour, um, and I think we need to be alert, we need to be pay, paying attention, and if some of these signs uh, start to be fulfilled, uh, then we need to be ready. And maybe they won't be. Maybe all of this is wrong. There's no downside to being ready. There's no downside to being prepared, uh, to, to making sure that we're living in right relation with the Lord, that we're not depending upon uh, the things of this world, that we're depending upon God alone. Because if we try to convince ourselves that none of this is possible, that it's not going to happen in our lifetime, then we're going to be caught off guard. Right? And Jesus has some pretty strong words to say about those who are not prepared for his coming. Uh, so we should always be ready for the Lord to return because we do not know the day or the hour. Um, and we also need to be on guard against false prophets, uh, false Christ, anyone or anything that promises us a salvation, promises us a solution to all of our problems. Uh, because only Jesus is our Savior. And then finally, in conclusion, um, there have been more Marian apparitions in the 20th century than any other century in the church's history by a landslide. Mary has been appearing over and over and over again, trying to warn and prepare us that sin has consequences and that if we don't turn away from sin, uh, there will be suffering there will be punishment and chastisement because that's the inevitable uh, effect of sin. And so Mary has been trying to prepare us. There's also been more sin and bloodshed in the 20th century than in the rest of human history combined. Over 100 million people were killed by communism in the 20th century. And as I mentioned, over a billion innocent babies have been killed through abortion. And God, in his mercy, will not let this continue. He will intervene. He will bring about justice. Uh, there is enormous evil in our world, and it needs to be purified. Uh, and that's going to be painful, and it's going to be difficult. But always remember, Mary promised that her immaculate heart would triumph, and there would be peace. And so we're called to trust in her promises, to trust in the promises of the Lord. We're called to live for heaven, not for earth 
to let go of our attachments, to let go of our possessions, to let go of our uh, comfort, and to trust in the Father's love, to trust in his provin- uh, providence, to be willing to lose everything uh, for Christ so that we can find our life uh, for eternal life. We have to be willing to take up our cross, to pray the rosary daily, and above all, do not be afraid. God bless.